Hello, and welcome to Illiterate. We've got a bad case of the books. Pun intended. I wanted to clarify to any listeners who have already heard the previous episode too, titled Summary of First 25% of the Book, this is like a replacement of that episode. I decided that I wasn't going to make this point in my reading teacher suffer through a 15-minute summary of just the first 25%. I decided to do what she wanted and make more of a short. I mean, it's still not great, but you know, close enough. This one won't have as much detail, um, but I'm keeping the footage just to maybe use in future episodes. Um, So I'm going to be adding some background knowledge here so the rest of the podcast actually makes sense. Wade Owen Watts is an 18-year-old living in the 2040s. He lives in post-state Oklahoma City, but most of his free time is occupied in the virtual reality game Oasis. Oasis stands for Ontologically Anthropocentric Sensory Immersive Simulation, but essentially operates just like a virtual reality. Watts submerges himself in Oasis' glory on a daily basis as he takes school classes there and considers himself a gunter. Now, let me explain what a gunter is. As I know, you must be very confused. James Holiday created Oasis with Ogden Morrow, but he's died about five years prior to the present day at the beginning of the story. Immediately after he died, a video of him he created for his death went viral worldwide. It began the massive competition, Holiday's Easter Egg Hunt. Holiday willed that whoever discovered the Easter eggs and completed the hunt first would get all of his fortunes. This resulted in an internet sensation full of gunters and sixers. Gunters are people just searching for the egg with no benefits, assuming that they don't win the hunt, just like Wade. Sixers, however, look for the eggs, but promise the government that the fortunes will be given to them with the returned bi-monthly paycheck, food, lodging, health care benefits, and a retirement plan, as stated at location 599. Wade compares it to joining the military. As I already said, the story is set five years after Holiday's death in the very beginning of the story, and there's a flashback to Holiday's death to explain how the Gunter frenzy began. However, as is represented later in the chapter, the craze set out as the year passed. The prologue ends with Wade slowly progressing the timeline until he is the first to appear on the scoreboard. So, Wade at school in Latin class connects his Latin knowledge to the hunt, and all of a sudden, basically, he finds the Tomb of Horrors. In the Tomb of Horrors, he wins a joust game, hence wins the Copper Key. While at the Tomb of Horrors, he also meets Artemis in person, another gunter who Wade has a so-called cyber crush on. He tells her how to win the joust game, as she's been trying for a long time, but has been unsuccessful. From there, he clears the first gate by reciting the entire movie of Galaga. Oh gosh, I can't say that. He is the first to clear the first gate and get the Jade Key, followed by Artemis and his friend H. Shortly thereafter, two brothers, Dado and Shoto, cleared the gate, leaving them in the top five slots on the scoreboard. Almost all the rest was comprised of Sixers having used their inside information to locate the Tomb of Horrors. Later, Parsival was reading through his many emails endorsed by his sudden fame and came across an email from the IOI, the government program that the Sixers were involved in. He met with Sorrento, head of the IOI, and they had a meeting in which they offered him the job chief oologist, which meant that he would be second in command only to Sorrento. They offered to pay him $2 million per year and $1 million when he signed off. If he got the egg, he'd get a $25 million bonus. All of this, along with healthcare, seemed like a pretty nice deal. However, Wade knew that the Sixers were up to no good. He pretended to accept the offer, but insisted that he would get Sorrento's job. However, just to annoy the IOI, he quickly said, never mind, basically, you know, there's some profanity in there, but then he started to leave. However, Sorrento quickly stopped him with a second proposal. He offered him $5 million to give him a walkthrough of the first gate, but Wade decided against it. 
as he attempted again to leave, Sorrento, who up to that point had been calling him only by the name anyone knew, which was his username, Parseval, told him, sit down, Wade. He then threatened him by telling him all the personal information he knew about Wade, which he had all accessed through Wade's school files. Then he told him that they had been monitoring his address and they knew he was still there right now. However, he was actually on his hideout or underground about a mile away, but they didn't know that. Sorrento told them that he had bombs all around his house and they were going to blow it up if Wade did not give him the instructions on how to give him the copper key and walk through the first gate. He claimed that if Wade logged out, they would blow up his house. Wade was scared, but he decided that there was no way he was going to give him the power. He logged out and his house blew up, killing the left of his unkind but not worthy of death family. He ran far away, creating a new identity on the dark web and changing his fingerprints as he moved to an apartment in Columbus where he ditched society for a long time. Um, kind of side note, but um, the new identity, he called himself Bryce Lynch and he transferred his fingerprints to like his dad's or something. Anyway, after Sorrento blew up his house, he quickly did a web meeting with the big five, or no, sorry, the high five, meaning the top five slots on the scoreboard, Parsifal, Artemis, H, Dato, and Shoto. He told them the danger that the Sixers held. Wade eventually, a little bit later, told Artemis of his feelings for her, and after a while, she rejected him. Basically, then he sulked around for 30% of the book and was considering suicide. It got pretty dark and kind of boring. After that, however, it did get more interesting because Artemis found the Jade Key. Wade instantly regretted all of his pouting and then realized that he should have been being productive. The next part was kind of weird, but he went to some planet where he thought he would get the Jade Key, but ended up at Happy Time Pizza, a place Holiday had mentioned in the Almanac. For some reason, he figured that if he had to play a perfect game of Pac-Man in order to clear the second gate, he then played a perfect game of Pac-Man and got some penny that he never knew the purpose of. He was very disappointed because he thought he would have done it, but it appeared not to make any difference. Just then, H cleared the second gate. Percival helped uh, H in the past find the Tomb of Horrors, so H repaid the favor. He emailed Wade with the instructions to Zork, an arcade game. Quickly, somehow Wade interpreted it again and found the Jade Key. He sat back and watched the scoreboard as Shoto's score short shot up and suddenly Dato's shape. Oh my goodness, my English is so hard. Okay, he sat back and watched the scoreboard as Shoto's score shot up, but suddenly Dato's name disappeared entirely as he had been killed. Later, Wade wakes up to discover that Sorrento had cleared the second gate, and all the Sixers began to join him, leaving the original high five dwindled to four and below all of the Sixers. Shoto later visited Wade in a chat link and told him that Dato, his brother, was dead in real life. Although they were only brothers through imagination and oasis, Dato had been killed by the Sixers as they had barged into his apartment and pushed him out of the window, framing it as suicide. Eventually, Wade found the second gate and cleared it, gaining the crystal key. Wade then came up with a crazy plan in order to defeat the Sixers and win the holidays competition. He decided to get arrested. That's right. He decided to get arrested. You, no, no, you heard me. He went overboard in his credit card debt on his fake identity of Bryce Lynch. The IOI police came to get him, and he self-destructed his oasis, knowing that he'd be able to fix it eventually. The IOI brought him to prison, where he slowly but surely infiltrated the, Silk the Sixers database and got the footage of them killing Dato, and he peeked at the real-life pictures of Artemis. <gasps> Shouldn't have done that. That was kind of stupid. But um, then he stole a flash drive and disabled the security devices on him.
Then he escaped and quickly revealed in a chat room with the high five that the Sixers, um, their intentions were to kill people and win the competition. Ogden Morrow, one of the creators of the Oasis, however, in the middle of the chat link, interrupted them. Everyone was shocked as it was a private chat room, but he explained that he had special privileges as he was the creator of the Oasis along with Holiday and had the ability to see in the chat rooms. He had been watching them fight the Sixers and decided to intervene as the Sixers had taken their power way too far. He told them that they were going to blow up Artemis' house very soon and had located H and Shoto in real life and invited them to live with him. They all quietly fled from their houses to Ogden Morrow's house. Um, so from there, Wei sent out invitations to every Oasis user and encouraged them to fight the Sixers with them. There ended up being a lot of people there. While others distracted the Sixers, each Artemis and Parsival all went to the final gate. And when they were about to open it, everyone died. The end! No, I'm just kidding. The Sixers had used some sort of shutdown that caused every Avatar there to die. However, Wade was revived because of that penny he earned from the Pac-Man. It turns out that that was an extra life, but nobody knew that, so I guess that was pretty cool, right? Um, he went on to win the competition, but promised Shoto, Artemis, and Age that he would split the proceeds with them. After he logged out of the Oasis, he met H in real life, who happened to be a black female, and then he went on to meet Artemis, and they basically fell in love. The end. And that is a 10-minute summary. You're welcome that I didn't make it any longer. I didn't want to bore you to death, and I'm sorry that it was this long. Um, thanks for listening. If you have any questions, there is a way I can answer them on the show. Voice messages. Just go to anchor.fm slash Lauren B. Campbell. Again, that's anchor.fm slash Lauren B. Campbell. And there's a button you can click to send a voice message asking any question that I can answer on the show. A special thanks to Anchor for hosting this podcast and the listeners for your support. Hope you join us next time. Bye!